0: Hey, I'm Amber and I'm Becca.
1: From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. We are back with another fun guest today. I'm super excited about, we'll get into that later though. Um, because our main guest is sitting right in front of me today we have Winnie on the podcast again
0: the I you know I would say the cutest fluffy guest but I can't say that anymore so no
1: no I think Winnie I'm sorry your crown is dethroned (laughs) for
0: now
1: (laughs) for now yeah until something bad happens so what what happened Becca
0: um we got a dog yeah you did did I'm so excited um so it was kind of funny. I, I wanted a dog for like forever. I didn't have a dog growing up. Well, I shouldn't say that. When we were younger, we had a dog. Um, her name was Bandit, I think. But we, I, I don't remember her at all. Like I've just seen some pictures. She, we got rid of her, I think. because um, She like wasn't good around us. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure is the reason. Um, so like I always wanted a dog growing up and never got one. Um, when do you think my parents got their first dog? Like right after we, I left and went to college. So I got a dog. Um, so it's just, it's been little things, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, we've had like farm dogs, obviously at the dairy. And when I first started there, we had a Corgi and we had an Australian shepherd and the Corgi like hated me, but I think all Corgis hate me. But I think that's also just a Corgi thing. Like they're kind of just assholes.
1: How many corgis have you met in your life? Because I don't think I've met many.
0: A lot. Like, we've had two on the farm, and then, like, I've met other corgis. They're big around us. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, Plus our... So that one corgi was Walter, um, and then he passed away. And a couple years later, we got another one, and we named her Wilma. And she had puppies because... I I don't know why. Unprotected sex. Um... (laughs) And that was traumatic. I'm going off on a tangent now, but that was traumatic for me because she like went into labor, but the first puppy was stuck and like the birth oh, canal, and I no. couldn't get it out. So I had to take her to the vet that had to do an emergency C-section. Um, turns out her pelvis was broken. Like she had gotten hit by the tractor years before and like she got around okay. Like we never knew that anything had broke, but apparently her pelvis had broke. So, like, she was never going to have the puppies naturally. Um, so, yeah, she had a C-section. And then, like, when dogs have C-sections, they have a hard time accepting that they had puppies. Oh. Um, they I think the hormone thing, like, they don't get, I don't know, they're not, like, very maternal because of it. So, <laughs> we had, she had three dogs. There three puppies. Um, and then the fourth one, which is, like, the first one coming out, unfortunately had died. Um, but we literally had to hold her down and cover her face up so that the puppies could nurse for like the first I don't know maybe week and then she became a good mom after that like it finally clicked in her head but yeah corgis are just assholes but beside the corgi um
1: that was quite the story I was not mentally prepared for that story
0: yeah it was wild it was it was it was an experience
1: she should have listened to my birth podcast I mean all you would have had to do is just listen to the title
0: don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die yeah i just it was wild but obviously like after they uh after she had the c-section she got fixed so good there was sad but um okay back to the australian shepherd she was my best friend she like she was always by me she was she was just my best friend um and then the day that we had to put her down was like obviously really hard she had this tendency, well she was she was really old, but she had this tendency to um sit underneath the trailer, the cattle trailer. Oh no. um, and like she she I mean, she didn't always move, but like she had always moved in the past. Like if we just slowly went. Um but the last time I it was me that hit her, which was oh, probably the worst no. part. And I didn't even know that she was back there. Um and I she she broke her hip um but she was so old that they didn't think she would like make it through surgery or whatever so we ended up putting her down um so that sucked but I just she was like she was such a cool dog I just always wanted an Australian Shepherd um but Joey that he's had dogs growing up but he like was just anti-getting a dog here because um we live on a fairly busy road and we weren't at home like a ton but um, I saw this pup a few days ago and I sent a picture of it to him and I'm like, oh, look how cute it is. And he's like, yeah, she's cute. I'll give you that. And then I saw it again yesterday. He was still looking for a home and I was like, come on. <laughs> so I, I sent it to him again and he started asking more questions and I'm like, oh my God, you got buy- it. <laughs> is this happening? So then I messaged a girl and like asked her some questions and then he finally said yes. So ooh, I picked her up Aww. yesterday. Um, she's three months old. She's she's very shy, very timid. Um, but she has been around like other dogs, cats, other kids, um, horses. So she, I think she'll fit in really well when she kind of gets over her nervous stage. But very exciting.
1: I'm excited. I don't know why. I just want to see her with the turkeys. Has she got to play with them yet?
0: Um. No. So we actually we don't have any turkeys on our farm anymore.
1: Oh, you what? When did this happen? When did you get rid of your turkeys? Did Um, I know this?
0: They just slowly kind of died off. (laughs) Um. We had three a while ago, and then I took one to the farm. There, so there's one at the dairy. Oh. Um. And then we had. Two left. Oh yeah, we had two left, and then one just—I don't. It was when the weather was up and down, and he must have got like a respiratory infection. Um, it was it was weird. I—I mean, I don't know much about turkey health, but he like had a really hard time breathing, and it would get better and it get worse, and then one day he just he passed away. And then the last one tried to play chicken with the four wheeler, so um. Joey accidentally hit him, but uh, yes, we we're turkeyless at the farm. This is a really sad intro. I regret seeing any of this. Um. Anyways, there's one, <laughs> there's one turkey at the dairy yet. Um. But Addy has not met her yet because Addy's kind of a chicken shit, and so I, I have to like carry her if I want her to go anywhere because she's she's never been on a leash and stuff. So we gotta work on that. But <laughs> she doesn't mind cats, like the cat was literally rubbing up against her today and she was just like oh cool good that's good yeah. and she's getting yeah. the kids yeah she I mean she really hasn't done much but the kids have been petting her and stuff and she just lays there and chills she's a very chill dog but I'm sure that'll change but
1: mm-hmm. once she starts getting used to you guys and yeah that, that'll be fun exciting how is Sophia was she
0: pumped yeah so I yesterday um the the dog itself was like two and a half hours away but the girl said she'd meet me about halfway um and so I was like freaking out because I'm like we have nothing for a dog like mm-hmm. and we had about a half hour extra um time before we had to leave so I'm like she we better go to farm and fleet and get some stuff um So I told Sophia, I'm like, do you want to go to the store? And she's like, well, why? Like, what do we need? I was like, oh, you know, maybe some dog food and like some puppy toys and stuff. And she's like, why? And I was like, why do you think we need like dog food and puppy toys? And then it like clicked in her head and it was so cute. Cute. Yeah. I'm excited to see oh
1: Easter pictures with a puppy. Oh, so cute. Yeah. Too bad you just missed missed the the new Bush dog brew picture thing, right?
0: Man, uh, that was poor timing. You, I mean,
1: she would have been too young. She can't drink dog beers yet. <laughs> Is there? That's exciting.
0: Over
1: now? Mm, I think I don't know if it's over or if they're just in like the final stages of it.
0: No,
1: it was pretty quick. Was it was done. like a it was like a one day kind of thing. Oh, in. okay.
0: I'm sure they had enough entries in that lot one
1: day. <laughs> yeah yeah bear um he got the first batch of the dog brew but it went right through him so we haven't wanted to try it again maybe now that he's older he has a more mature palate for dogs. <laughs> yeah seriously but um yeah what else is going on in your neck of the woods anything fun
0: oh not a whole lot just kind of been i'm like but when did we talk last last week last, last weekend okay i don't remember it i don't either what did we talk about last
1: week oh we talked with courtney
0: oh right 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 okay <laughs> um sorry i don't know why that seems like it was like five months ago it does seem like a really long time ago <laughs> um well we've just been just farming <laughs> just farming um I'm totally dry now which is awesome but uh I feel like a new new human and I um have been trying to like find sports bras and stuff that fit me now because no not like my boobs I have not grown but like my chest has it's weird weird so like nothing fits anymore um so I found a few that I like I got one at Walmart and it's like a almost like a crop top Mm -hmm. um it's really comfortable and then I was at Dick's the other day and um I got some running shoes and then um I got a couple like Nike sports bras that they so you know how like pads always come out and it's super annoying Mm -hmm. this one they go in through the top it's like one long pad almost it's really weird, um, and I haven't washed them yet, but they're really comfortable, and I figure if, if it comes out while I'm washing, it's going to be really easy to put back in because it's like a pretty big slit for it to go in. Hmm. That's interesting. It is weird.
1: I, yep. I always get just like the really high-compressed ones, so you don't need pads, and you're just kind of like mashed down.
0: Oh, see, And I just, I don't love that. I mean, the one I have on, I could probably wear it without pads. It's pretty thick, and it's like medium medium activity whatever they want to call it but uh, i just hate shopping for bras is what i hate doing someone recommended um sunita bras
1: Mm, yeah
0: um and they're actually they were like 25 dollars a pretty reasonable price but i'm at the point right now where i like don't know what size i am and stuff so i just i need to be able to try stuff on
1: um if you want like a (laughs) Hello guys. This is a, this is a bra podcast now. <laughs> um, another good one. If you want like a high intensity one, that's adjustable, uh, she fit. She fit. Yeah. It has like, um, the like adjustable like band around and then the straps are like Velcro too. So you can Ooh. raise it up and that, but it like zippers in the middle. I don't really love those, but yeah, like you can, you can change a strap design on the back and it's all like Velcro adjustable I'm that would be you. nice
0: right now just with like obviously there's a lot of changes that I have mm-hmm. to still go through and stuff
1: I'll I want to say that. yeah I want to say they're kind of like 60 or 70 dollars so it's kind Ooh. of yeah but I mean if, if it's adjustable it will save you like from getting another one maybe I don't know maybe worth a worth a peek
0: yeah what about you what's what's happening in
1: um nothing really. <laughs> I'm
0: so, just to ask I think last questions time you to had avoid. Just, last oh, time you goodness. had just gotten done sanding. Mm. Have you spread it out yet? Or not spread it out, but like have you
1: Yeah. So flooded, Got
0: through whatever you're yep.
1: yep. So we're flooded back up now just because we're going through the cold streak. And um the guys just started walking sand like on Friday, I think. So that's when they're walking through and kind of shaking out the clumps of sand that are too How thick. From doing so
0: far?
1: Um, apparently pretty good. They're they're um not he he was really proud. He said they didn't even say anything to me today. So they bitch all the time when I'm doing it wrong, and then they just don't say anything when it's done right. So I'm like, good. Uh, that's take good. Take it as a
0: compliment, I guess. Yeah, take <laughs>
1: it as a compliment. You're not getting yelled at. So A plus.
0: Go Dan. But um
1: go, Dan. So yeah, right now, um because it's been so cold it's been kind of freezing up again the the water that they flooded so they can't do that they they didn't do that today and I think it's supposed to like rain and kind of sleet and just be kind of crummy for the rest of the week so I don't know what their plan is probably just like puts around the shop or something um yeah I've just been I've just been chilling with Porter I'm pretty excited though I don't want to jinx anything but someone reached out to me um to see if I wanted to be a keynote speaker at a youth ag event in Connecticut this summer cool yeah so I'm excited for that and that's that's like a whole new ball game like trying to figure out um pricing and stuff for that like I don't oh
0: know. god yeah
1: and and she's like can you give me a ballpark price what you're thinking and I'm like "Oh no!" I was like yep just just let me get back to you so I'm like reaching out to all these different people I'm like hey what do you think and Know people are just all over the pr- the place of their pricing. They're like, Well, I would do a minimum of this, and well, I would do like a minimum of this if this is like your first big one, but make sure you're getting like your travel expenses covered at least, and then ask for I don't know, whatever amount afterwards. But yeah, I
0: mean, just like, yeah, the hotel and like flying out there because that would be a really long drive, I feel like. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm excited too because I want to go to the Ocean Spray like headquarters, which is in just outside of Boston, I think. So I think that'd be a pretty, pretty easy drive from, it's in Hartford, Connecticut. And I've never been like to Connecticut before I've been to Boston and and New York city, but never like, I don't know. I feel like Connecticut is just like the bougie little
0: (laughs) state. I've never been to any of those states up there. I'm sure that'll be like gorgeous to see though. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's in July. So (laughs) It'll, it'll be good. I'm excited. Hopefully, it all works out. And hopefully, like Dan and Porter can come with me too
0: as a nice little family trip. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, you're back. She, oh. <laughs> we have the ladybugs just invaded our house. And oh. I feel like it's, I feel like it's way too early. I don't know why they're here. It
0: is. And it's like not even that warm.
1: No, I don't know if they just like came out of hibernation last week when it was so nice. And then all of a and sudden, now they're like,
0: holy shit, it's cold yeah, out.
1: It's cold out. Get me out of here.
0: We've had um the box elder bugs by us. I haven't seen any ladybugs yet, but every now and then I see a box elder bug in our house.
1: Uh, I hope your puppy chases the ladybugs and bugs around like
0: Winnie does, because that's oh no, you hard.
1: froze. Did I? Are you sure it's just not Winnie, just
0: not moving? Oh, you're back. Hi. You froze oh, you for
1: didn't. a second. She's mad at me now because <laughs> I pushed her out of the way. She hunts ladybugs. All she does is she just runs up to him and stares at them. She won't do anything else. But
0: she's just telling you where they are.
1: She is. She's like a little coon dog. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um anything, anything else going on? Or should we just oh. jump right into it? I can't yeah. think of anything.
0: I feel like I had something else to share with the, with the group, but no, it's kind of escaping my mind.
1: I'll write it down and save it for next time.
0: Yeah, I probably won't, but okay. (laughs) Um, Um, Tonight, though, we have an awesome guest. Um, I personally have not obviously heard it, but Amber had the opportunity um, to interview a ginseng farmer.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So
0: I, um, I reached out to
1: a farmer that I had kind of sort of heard of, um, when I did another speaking event in Marathon County in Wausau, I think that's Marathon County. Um, I'm, I'm real good at remembering this stuff, but his name is Joe Heil. He is one of the largest ginseng farmers in the state of Wisconsin. And I, I, this season, I think we're going to be trying to reach out to more um, farmers in Wisconsin to learn just about all the unique agriculture that we have. Because I honestly didn't know a lot about ginseng uh, before talking to him. I didn't. I didn't know anything. Let's be honest. I had no clue what ginseng was, how it grew, what what it looked like, and he was so great about explaining the whole process that I hardly had to ask any questions. So it's kind of a shorter interview, but he really packed a lot of information in there. Um, And if you want to visit his website um, to check out his ginseng products, it is HeilGinsengInc.com. So that's H-E-I-L ginseng is a dumb word to spell. G-I-N-S-E-N-G, Inc., INC.com. And I'll leave that in the show notes for you guys too. But he sells his ginseng on there um, and he explains like different health uh, benefits of it and different ways you can consume it. But good listen, especially if you are like me and had no idea Wisconsin grew ginseng or just one of those fun specialty crops that we have. Um, so enjoy the interview with Joe. All right, guys, I'm very excited to welcome our next guest to the podcast tonight. Tonight, I have Joe Heil uh, from Heil Ginseng. So welcome, Joe, and thank you for hopping on here with us tonight.
2: No problem. Thank you for having me.
1: So I think a lot of people like myself will be surprised to find out that ginseng is grown in Wisconsin. I don't, I never thought of it as a Wisconsin specialty crop, but here you guys are. Um, it sounds like you're kind of a powerhouse for the state of Wisconsin. So kind of, do you want to kind of introduce yourself if you're comfortable saying what part of the state you're from sure. and how you got, how you got to be in this position growing ginseng?
2: Sure. Um, my name's Joe Heil. So I've been growing ginseng for about 30 years. Um, Marathon County is where I, uh, my, my farm is for the most part, um, Marathon County grows about 80% of all the ginseng in the U S. And the reason for that is because of the soil. Um, We're kind of a sandy, uh, either sandy loam or um, we have some gravel. Ginseng needs to be dry. It it does not like to get wet feet. Ginseng has been growing in Wisconsin uh, since the late 1800s. Um, It was started um, way back in the uh, late 1800s. uh, Seed got traded uh, with fur. It was a form of trade. Uh, Ginseng is native to the woods. So if you ever see, um, um, artificial structure, these big black canopies out in the field, um, a lot of times that would be ginseng. Um, and what that equals is like 80% shade. Uh, so we're mimicking the woods. Um, that shade is put out in the spring of the year when the sun, uh, when the plants start emerging and the, and the sun gets hot. And then it's rolled back in the fall of the year when the plants go dormant. Uh, it takes um, between three to five years to grow a mature uh, ginseng plant. And we only harvest the root. So it goes dormant in October and it comes to life again in May. Um, So that's, uh, um, and again, I was a dairy farmer. So in Marathon County, um, my family did not grow ginseng, but I uh, didn't think I wanted to milk cows seven days a week. And I really did enjoy cultivating land and growing crops. And so I was encouraged to get into ginseng being we had some land on a farm that was suitable for ginseng. And so that's uh, really how I got started.
1: That That's wild to me too. You know, I mean, I'm in a marshy area. We have cranberries out here. So to hear something that doesn't need a lot of water, that just blows my mind. Um, so how, how did you come to ginseng? Like, did you, are there, is there another farmer nearby you? And you kind of saw that and you're like, no, I could probably do that. Or was it just kind of luck of the draw and you realize sure. what kind of soil you had and you realized that that's what ginseng right. preferred?
2: Um, I would say today things have changed uh, quite a bit. When I first started growing ginseng, I worked for some different people that, that had ginseng and, and kind of learned the hard way, I would say. Um, trial and error, made some mistakes, and maybe was given bad advice at different times. Uh, certainly now the industry has changed a lot. Um, we do research with MSU, uh, joint venture of the two states, And so as far as um, products to use on different disease and identifying disease and insects and weeds, um, it's all done um, through research and that's all shared. Where 30 years ago was everybody was pretty hush-hush and and didn't really give away any of their their secrets. Mm -hmm. Um, Where now the neighbors are pretty open and talk and we work together. But we also had back then 1,500 growers and now we're down to less than 150. Oh, and wow. We grew, um, two and a half million pounds of ginseng, and now we grow less than a million pounds. So things have really changed, probably similar to a dairy farm. There used to be you know a lot of dairy farms, and now there's not near as many, and the ones that have survived are uh, considerably larger, probably similar to cranberries, I would assume as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. okay. so um, where else where else in the United States is ginseng grown?
2: So there's some growing in Michigan, and that's why we've uh, teamed up with Michigan. There's some ginseng growers there. They also cultivate some ginseng in the woods in Michigan. Uh, there's some in New York State, in Washington State, uh, in Minnesota. But again, by and large, the bulk of the ginseng is growing right here in Marathon County, just due to our soil and, and climate is just very conducive uh, for it. Um,
1: so is, is it a perennial then? Like how, kind of walk me through, how do you plant it? What, what, what all goes into it?
2: Sure. So very unique crop, different than a soybean or a corn. Um, the seed that we harvest um, we then use to plant our own crop again um, after it's stratified. And what I mean by stratified, uh, unique to, um, to ginseng seed. You know, we just can't go to the um, feed store and buy it. We grow our own seed. Mm -hmm. Um, the ginseng is picked in the fall, um, somewhere around that August, um, September mark. It's all picked by hand. Um, from there, there's, um, like a red berry and inside of that berry is a seed like a pit kind of, but it's a seed. Um, that seed is then, um, the, the red pulp is picked off of that. That seed is put in the sand and it's put in a cooler and basically what we're doing there is mimicking the outside. So we let that sand in the, in the uh, cooler. Um, get to 28, 29 degrees. Um, And then in in the summer it warms up, we take it out of the sand. Um, We have a machine that just basically washes the seed out of the sand. And then that gets planted in a raised bed. Because again, ginseng does not like to get wet. So we we make like a hill uh, similar to like a potato hill or a strawberry hill. And then Mm -hmm. that seed is uh, broadcast on top of that hill and it's covered with straw. And what the straw does is it keeps that seed from drying out. the ginseng seed can never dry out. The German side needs always stay moist, uh, again, different than a corn or soybean seed that you can dry it out and it, and it will last a few years. The ginseng seed will not, it needs to be planted that following uh, summer. And then it still lays dormant until the next spring. So the stratification um, period really happens over the course of two years and it freezes two times, and then that seed will emerge on the second year in spring. Um, and we build the structure, we put posts in and use a cable structure lattice system to suspend the black uh, plastic tarp. Um, that's the 80% shade mm-hmm. and then it pops through the straw. And so the straw serves for a, a couple purposes. Um, it helps to, uh, keep that seed uh, germ moist. It helps to prevent weeds. Um, any weeds we get in the Jensen garden all have to be weeded by hand. We have no, um, herbicide that will take care of that it's all pulled by hand Mm -hmm. and it also helps um, with any kind of splash Um, the ginseng plant doesn't like to have the soil splashed up against it so it certainly helps with disease but with that it also makes a really good environment for bugs and uh, Mm -hmm. pests and it's really kind of wet underneath there which is pretty um uh, conducive to other diseases so um, we're always battling something um we need the straw to hold the moisture, but yet the moisture can be a negative and it's a great home for bugs that we're trying to not have. So there's a, there's a lot of challenges with, with all that and a lot of hand, hand labor.
1: So since, you know, they can't be around moisture, how do you treat for pests? Is there a drive, um, application that you can use or what, what kind of preventative yeah. tasks? So we you
2: use do? raised beds. And that enables us to drive in there with um, specialized equipment, uh, tractors, for example, um, that are um, not real high um, as far as height, but yet we have um, good clearance to clear the canopy of the, the ginseng. And basically the products we're using um, is just like you'd use on potatoes or strawberries or apples. It's the same pest that, that would attack um, them, um, them crops. Uh, for example, Phytophthora, Fusarium, Botrytis, um, Alternaria. It, it's the same pests, so we really are using um, the same controls that you would in, in potatoes, um, and then um, the same with bugs. Um, we will get some worms that we got, you know, we can bait for them, um, or, um, you know, grasshoppers, stuff like that. Um, and then we also can fertilize down them same paths. We use dry fertilizer and, and uh, the tractor will go underneath there and, and we can lay out that, that fertilizer.
1: Hmm. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> so, um, how many employees do you have full time?
2: So full time, we have 20 employees, um, you know, out of season. We do maintenance and we, um, um we're involved in some other stuff. We retail, uh, um, corn, uh, for, uh, for the squirrels and turkeys, and and we um, also have a retail business of the ginseng. We also grow hemp. We got some greenhouses that um, um, four years ago we started uh, trying to diversify in the in the hemp, and uh, mm-hmm. so we're growing some hemp in the greenhouses. So that keeps our employees busy. And then seasonally we will bring in uh, H-2A workers, and we mm-hmm. bring additional thirty workers in uh, from Mexico that we house, and they help us with the um, really the the bulk of the the labor um towards the end of April and then the estate till December.
1: Wow okay So that's quite the operation you've got going on um so let's kind of go back to harvest so in my mind I'm picturing like a carrot is that how you harvest you just pull it straight out of the ground like that or we we use them um, more difficult yeah it would
2: probably be more similar to a potato Okay. So after that fourth growing year, we will remove our structure, the post, the cable, the fabric. And then we have a machine that we uh, scrape off that straw off the raised bed. And then we, uh, we uh, go in with a machine that looks very similar um, to a, a small scale potato harvester. And it goes up uh, like a grated chain and the dirt falls through and the root comes out the back. And then there again, we will use um, people to pick the root of hand. We use a lot of Hmong, um, ocean people. Mm-hmm. And that's all hand labor again. And we get them, uh, just in our contract labor and we bring them in for a couple of weeks to pick all the roots and then okay. from there, basically, them roots to get picked into, um, vegetable totes and they get hauled back into a cooler and the cooler is used for multiple things. It's a harvesting tool. So when the weather's nice, we can just continue to harvest and put the, put the ginseng in the cooler. Um, it also helps the sugars and starches change over in that rut, um, we, we dig a little earlier than, than we did years ago. Um, years ago, it was kind of freezing and um, we dig late. We're now, um, with, with having more acres and people not really wanting to work in the cold, we, we've started our harvest a little sooner. So then we put the ginseng in the cooler um, at 36 degrees for two, three, four weeks. Um, from there, we wash, wash it. We got a wash line that we um, wash all the dirt off and pick out any debris, um, culls, any damaged root. Um, and after that, it would go into, into a dryer. Um, we have a conventional dryer, which is nothing more than a shed that we can take the temperature up to 100 degrees and exhaust the humidity. Or we also have kiln dryers, which is similar to like a tobacco dryer mm-hmm. that we uh, can put the the ginseng in on a screen and then the air is blown up through the bottom and the moisture is exhausted out. And that again, it's at 100 degrees for about two, two to three weeks. Um, Basically we're taking that ginseng from 70% moisture down to 10%. Uh, once we get it to 10% moisture, it's pretty stable. Um, then we run it across the a line again to make sure there's no, no blemish, foreign debris of any sort. And then to go into, uh, we use cardboard boxes and we put 65 pounds of dry root into a box, into a plastic bag inside of a box. And that gets packaged um, on pallets and eventually um, they will get loaded into shipping containers and about 90% of our product goes to China. So we'll load the containers uh, right in our yard um, and then that and gets uh, sent across the pond.
1: Okay, so are you under a contract with um, a supplier or do you kind of have to find your own buyers every year? How does that work?
2: So certainly uh, that has changed a lot in the last three years with COVID. Yeah. Um, there's probably 10 buyers, traditional buyers that would come from uh, China, Hong Kong, Taiwan. And they would come in the harvest season, which typically starts in September and goes through the end of November. And they would just go from farm to farm and pick out um, the roots that, that they desire. Different parts of China um, desire different shape of root. And really the shape of root is um, is uh, made up of the soil type. Um, if you have a little heavier soil, typically that root would be a shorter, chunkier root. And then if you get in more of a sand loam, it's a longer root. So depending on where the root is going in China and depending on who the buyer is, that's how they determine what root. So they just kind of mill around from farmer to farmer. And, um, um try to buy what, what's going to suit their market and where they can get the best deal, of course. So they're pretty good at playing growers against one another and, mm-hmm. and telling everybody the low prices that they're buying for. So uh, I think that's pretty common in, in kind of, uh, the uh, Yeah, of they, they buy it cheap and so that, that's how that works. But now with um, COVID, um, them, them buyers have not been able to come here. So we've had to rely on an um, uh, app called WeChat Um, zoom calls, um, take pictures and and that kind of stuff. So it's been a challenge just because there's a level of trust that has to take place. Um, We're responsible then to get all the permits where in the past they've, they've been able to get the permits themselves. Oh, wow. Um, So there's a lot of trust and it's, it's been a challenge.
1: So I suppose it's pretty tough for any new grower that has been trying to kind of get in Uh, especially with COVID, I mean, I don't imagine them having much luck finding, finding buyers right now. Um, so is there a difference between the different, the roots that they're looking for, or is it all just cosmetic and, and there's no, is there any different benefits from different root sizes? really
2: not. Um, internally it's called ginsinicide is the value of, of what's in the root that, um, gives, gives you the, the benefit. And it, so it really is just cosmetic. Um, I think I would always say it's comparable to an apple pie. When you uh, make that apple pie, you always want to pick out the nice apples. But at the end, the pie all, all tastes the same. But in your mind, you want to pick out the apples that you think are going to best suit that pie. So okay. so really, it is all the same. But different different parts of China like different shaped ruts, just the way it's always been.
1: Um, okay. So after all that, what, what is ginseng? You know, what, what's it used for? What, what do you prefer using it for all that? Sure. I know it's, I know it's good for you, but what, what right. is it?
2: So the, the Chinese use it quite a bit different than we do here in, in the U.S. Uh, um like myself, um, I actually got a bottle here. Um, I use it. I, I use the, the capsules. So I personally take four capsules every day. Um, when I wake up in the morning, that's just part of my, my routine. Um, for me, I think, um, it, it, it helps me, uh, it gives me energy and it's not that caffeine buzz energy. It just makes me feel better. Um, the Chinese say it makes them think clear. Um, I don't know, I'm a farmer, so I don't know if I ever think clear, <laughs> um, but the Chinese say it uh, makes them think clear, um. I think it cleanses. That's one other thing that the Chinese talk about, that it cleanses and, and, uh, and keeps you healthy, helps you fight off any uh, uh, colds, um, bacteria, that kind of this stuff. It's just a natural cleansing. Um, in China, they use it a lot in cooking, so they will actually buy the whole roots, they'll slice them up, um, use them in, in uh, chicken and beef and stews and soups and that kind of stuff. They also use a lot of it in hospitals. Um, it's just part of their uh, uh, medicine that they use on the on the herbal side. Um, also in the U.S., you'll find it in energy drinks. Um, we use it in tea here in the U.S., along with the Chinese mm-hmm. use it in tea as well. Um, so there's been different uh, beverages made with it. Um, so I guess it's used in a lot of different different ways. The flavor of ginseng is not really good. It's pretty earthy. So it's not something that, um, you're just going to pick up and chew. You're going to want to mask it somehow, um, um in, uh, in like a stew or chicken, uh, truly you really can't taste it, but it, it's, um, with the temperature of the boiling water, it extracts out that ginsinicide, which is what, what gives your body that, uh, um, either the energy or, um, just that cleansing, that, that, um, is going to help you from, you know, possibly getting sick or something like that.
1: Sure. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. Again, I'm, I'm always blown away just by the different specialty crops that Wisconsin offers. And ginseng is just one of those crops where if you didn't even know anything about it, you blink and you kind of miss it kind of thing. So, um, I really appreciate your time tonight And, and Joe, if people want to purchase your ginseng products, where can they head to get that?
2: So we have a couple different websites, but the Heil Harvest is one of our websites or just Heil Ginseng. Um, certainly be able to find it on there as well. Um, we have a retail outlet. We do sell it in some stores, but certainly the easiest uh, way to get it is just go directly to the website. Um, you know, ginseng is hard to distinguish uh, where it's really growing. So I always say, make sure you get it from a reputable source. Um, and the Chinese uh, are great at um, altering things and mislabeling things and all that kind of stuff. So that's why um, a name brand is, is important to know what your source is.
1: Right. And especially shop local anytime that you can. So I will right. leave your website um, linked in the description of this episode. So go check that out, you guys, if you're interested in supporting Joe and his family. So again, I think that about wraps it up unless you have anything else that you want to add tonight.
2: I don't. You know, a few years ago, uh, Wisconsin um, adapted ginseng as a state herb. So we're pretty proud of that. So, um, and in our travels uh, to China, I've traveled with the governors uh, a few different times on trade missions and certainly they know Wisconsin, uh, even though they don't necessarily recognize it as a state, they know Wisconsin ginseng. So um, they're not linking it Wisconsin state to ginseng, but they know Wisconsin ginseng as a whole. So it's pretty neat when, uh, Um, our governor is able to, uh, talk to a a delegation of Chinese people and, and he says Wisconsin ginseng and they all light up and are pretty excited. So it's certainly, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And we need to be proud of that in Wisconsin, that we have something that brings a lot of health and happiness to the, to the Chinese community. And it's a great trade. I mean, we certainly, uh, um, it's one thing that we can trade to China and, and bring some of their money back here. And I think we need to do more of that. And, uh. Get as much support as we can from our government to to do that because we certainly uh, uh, welcome their money and when we get their money into the U.S., uh, we spend it. We buy tractors and trucks and fertilizers and land and pay labor and and ginseng creates a lot of jobs in the state. So um, that's certainly uh, it's a good thing for our state.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I 100% agree. That's all great things for the state and great things that you're doing and and thank you again for being such a great advocate for for your industry. And uh, again, appreciate your time. And um, again, you guys make sure you go check out that website um, and go support Wisconsin ginseng. So thanks again, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Have a good day. See you too.
1: Thank you. Okay guys. So I hope you learned something about ginseng tonight from Joe. He is, he's great really. Um, Again, make sure you check out his website for all things ginseng. If you want to purchase any from him again, Shop Wisconsin when you can. His website again is heilginsenginc.com. That's H-E-I-L Ginseng Inc. com. And again, I will leave that linked in the show notes below. And if you're not following us on social media, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, Just search for Forward Farming Podcast, and you will find us there. You can find me over at Cranberry Chats and Becca over at Farming with the Hillbees. Make sure you check out her new puppy. She's pretty darn cute. That'll do it for this week, and we'll see you next time. Bye! (laughs)